0: Welcome to Show Me Something Wrong, where each episode one of us chooses a movie to watch that the other hasn't seen. The movie is often obscure, usually odd, and always wrong. I'm Dave.
1: And I'm Guy. And today
0: I've chosen the movie, and it is The Boneyard from 1991, directed by James Cummings. i you were going to say something else. <laughs> We've done two zombie films in a row.
1: Oh, yeah. But oh, does this I would count? Say, yeah, I would
0: say it counts. This is a zombie film. <laughs> is it a zombie film? I will say the quality of this is much fucking
1: higher than yeah, last oh, Each film. of their own. <laughs> no, <laughs> I'm like, no. Fuck it up. Oh, uh, You know what? I didn't even consider this as a zombie film when yeah, I watched it. Yeah, it's, it's
0: quite different as far as zombie mm. films go. And, and it's more inspired by something else, which we'll talk about oh, like, okay. once we get into the film. But yes. yeah, I've I've been wanting to do this film for a long time. Mm. I fucking love the Boneyard. I love this movie. I saw it for the first time, I think last year, maybe two years right. ago, I watched it with my my friends that we we often just put on like a kind of silly horror film, yeah. you know, like uh the gate or critters oh, yeah. or something oh, yeah. like that. You know, just like a a fun eighties mm. horror film. And we thought This looks like a lot of fun because the the poster Mm. is like a poodle. Sure. Like a zombie poodle, Mm. which is part of this film. But then like an hour into this, we're like, what the (laughs) fuck is this film? It's incredibly bleak. It's got a a psychic who's traumatized by the death of a child. Mm. We've got dead children. Dead children. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of dead kids in this. And it was just so fucking grim that Mm. I became kind of obsessed with it Mm. and the the other reason I I got really into this is because well I love the film but like the way that it changes from that kind of dark tone to the where it ends up going yeah I felt like was there two like crews that made this that was my initial thoughts because it feels like someone else took over the film halfway through right that's not the case
1: okay (laughs) yeah yeah, now that you say it, you know, so so black and white, yeah, it, that's that's a very valid point. I just took it for what it was. I was like, wow, this is fucked. Yeah, the opening, like, the first hour is completely bleak and horrible, yeah. but it goes into such insane places. But I just came along for the ride. Yeah, I enjoyed it. There's, like, one scene where yeah. I think it all
0: changes, and we'll talk about that when we get to it. But, yeah, I had assumed digging into this that I would find out mm. something about why it's like that. But
1: I didn't. It's uh, it's the vision of one director. Brilliant. Yeah. But it's kind of one of those films. I probably just jump in way ahead, but it's it's a very it's a film of its time. It's a film that oh, would yeah. never get made now. And yeah. I think this is that that kind of like ridiculousness and like jumps back and forth through genres is something that would only ever get made in whatever year mm. you said this film was made in. Yeah,
0: 1991. Oh, 91. Film. What so, a great year for films. Yeah. A uh, magical, magical time. I always think like the early '90s is almost like the most '80s time because mm. it's like, like it's
1: still kind of you know the '80s wrapping up and all like the excesses are getting. Yeah, you know, you know what? A- everyone goes on about '80s horror and they say '80s horror is the best, but. You know, sometimes I veer more towards the, the early 90s horror I love it it's, I feel like there was no rules They yeah. broke all the rules in the early 90s And like horror was
0: kind of slipping out of fashion in that time as well So you get these kind of forgotten films kind of like this
1: as mm. well And I feel like you get a lot of like hybrid films as well Mm-mm-mm. Not necessarily like just zombie films or just slasher films You get these weird horror films that like blend two different genres together And have some weird fucking freak baby <laughs>
0: Whatever that means. What is that? I thought you meant, like, the film actually has a freak baby. No, the baby. film is a freak baby. Yeah. It's like, what the fuck am I watching, you yeah. know? Oh, this is a freak baby film, it I would is. say. <laughs> All right, so let me give you a bit of background information about this before we dive in. But mm. I think most of what I have to say about this will kind of scatter throughout this, because there are some pretty interesting things about the making of this film. But the director, James Cummings, is quite an interesting man. He's sadly passed away in 2010, but his background is in special effects, which kind of explains a lot for for this film, because the special effects are absolutely incredible. And he has worked with a lot of famous uh, FX artists, including Stan Winston and... More exciting for you, perhaps Rob Button. Oh, so he's he was in the makeup department mm-hmm. of the thing. This the director of this worked that's, on the thing. That's pretty <laughs> yeah. great. And the most sort of exciting effect that he designed that I was like, oh shit, he made that. Um, have you seen the film House? Not Houseu by Obayashi, but oh yeah, yeah, the, yeah, 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 like yeah, that, Is that one film. The one with the hand on the cover.
1: Yes, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah that film. Do you, I don't know how well you remember that film, but it's got a zombie in it called Big Ben who's kind of this, like, military zombie. It's oh, quite, vaguely. It's probably, like, the most famous, like, effect from mm. that film, but he designed that okay. zombie as well, which is a really cool effect. So he was a very accomplished effects guy. Mm. Yeah, he wanted to get into directing and writing, and that's how this film came about. So this this film came about because he got in touch with a producer called Richard F. Brophy, who shows up in the film as one of the coroners in a very small role okay but um <laughs> yeah he he uh got in touch with james and uh james the director had all these scripts kind of ready to go mm. so this film was actually written for someone else to direct mm-hmm. but then when he hooked up with the, the producer they're like oh let's let's just try to get it made and the producer rounded up 18
1: investors wow. for this
0: film over two years
1: wow and 18? 18. 18 investors?
0: Individual investors.
1: Did, did they actually invest? In- yes.
0: Wow. Yes. Yeah, so these 18 people invested. And most of them came on board because of a very particular reason, hmm. which we'll go into more detail late- later. But they got involved with this because of an actress that's okay. in this film. Okay. And yeah, they raised $950,000 mm. to make the film, which is like. You know, 1991 horror, low-budget horror time. That's a pretty decent budget. Not a bad stuff, not, yeah. not too bad. And something that I found really interesting about this, it's shot in North Carolina, okay. which is not a place that you would associate with filmmaking at all. You know what? I have no idea about anything in America. I mean,
1: you you it, can not tell me... Yeah. <laughs> I couldn't tell you what comes from anywhere it's, in America. It's just
0: not a place that you would shoot a film, right? But the okay. the reason they did that... Uh, was because by shooting there, they could get a mixture of, like, union and non-union crew. And it would right. ultimately be a lot cheaper to shoot there. So it was shot in a place called Statesville in North Carolina. It was a seven-week shoot. Uh, it was meant to be six. They went one extra week because they, they couldn't get everything. But it was, it was like, apparently quite well-budgeted. And they mm. actually put it in the budget to go overtime as well. So... Well done. Yeah, it was a reasonably smooth shoot yeah. from from the looks of it, but still quite a low-budget film. So, yeah, as we go through, I'll give you a whole lot of extra stuff. Okay. Should we just dive in? Sure. I feel like this is the
1: fastest we've ever gotten into a film. Let's get involved. <laughs> All I'm going to say, straight mm. off the bat, banging music as always oh
0: well i've got so oh music here we go yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah you're right like so straight in we got a really good score mm. right with with our titles very epic sounding score mm. by a guy called john lee whitener or okay. whitener i'm not sure how you pronounce it but this score was recorded by an orchestra that at the time was the orchestra from. The Phantom of the Opera which was playing at Los Angeles at the time and they
1: borrowed them <laughs> and, <laughs> and got them <laughs> to borrow an <laughs> yeah. orchestra is that a thing? <laughs> and just got them
0: in to, to re- record this which is awesome. pretty cool so I think the score really adds to like the what, what do you say like it, it gives it kind of a sheen this film mm. this that makes it feel higher budgeted than I guess it, if you got so. like
1: a full on orchestra doing mm. your opening score, I mean yeah, that's yeah. gonna it's a powerful opening. It's not just some guy on a on a MIDI keyboard. Yeah. <laughs> That would also be kind of good as well. We've though. had a few films like that on this podcast where lot. they're like, meow. I feel like oh. the majority. <laughs> what was the... What was the, uh, the Blood Brothers oh, I'd love to hear that score on this film. But no, this opening song was great and there was like crackings of the whips and I swear it was like jumping back and mm. forth between genres like oh, No Man's Business. I love that whip cracking yeah. sound. Yeah, that was
0: fucking awesome. <laughs> yeah, so our opening scene, we see a guy... Knocking on a door, and it's I love how it's just like boom, this is it. We're we're in the middle of this story almost. Mm. This is straight into it. So the guy knocking on the door is a character called Jersey, Jersey Jersey Callum, and he's from the homicide division. He's played by a guy called Ed Nelson. Okay, did you recognize him? The older no,
1: no, not at all.
0: So he he's quite like a well-known character actor in a lot of TV, a lot of movies and Mm. stuff. But something that's fucking fascinating about this film. A lot of the actors in this were not the first choices for the film. So this character was supposed to be played by Clue Galuga. Do you know him? Nope. Have a look at him and you'll be like, oh, this guy. Oh, this guy. (laughs) Did you find him? Yeah. Yeah, yeah.
1: I fucking love that guy. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. He's so great. So he he was supposed to be the cop, which, to be fair, would be fucking amazing. have been
1: cool. Um, i am got to say, that's that's a... Pretty cool name, yeah. isn't it? Klugaluga. <laughs> Can you imagine being called Klugaluga? <laughs> yeah, that's, <great>. that's madness. <laughs> oh man,
0: uh, love have you it. Seen, have you seen the movie Uninvited? I feel like that no. might be a pod one. It's it's about uh, not like off in, the top of my it's head. about an alien cat hiding
1: inside a, a regular oh, house cat. It, I, I've got it on my watch list. <laughs> so <I'm> he <laughs> he's in that, and at one point Klugaluga, yeah, Klugaluga. <laughs> and he,
0: there's a scene where he like. He spits some wine at a yeah. cat. He spits some what? Wine. He's like drinking wine. He's all drunk. He's like, "Fuck you, cat!" Yeah. And he like spits it over the cat. And well, it's who Klugaluga. Like, does. Yeah,
1: Klu-Galuga
0: Klu-Galuga 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 spits spits on a cat. Klugaluga. Klugaluga. And it, it's it's just one of those scenes where it's like I'm both angry and happy that this scene exists with <laughs> Klugaluga spitting spitting wine at the cat. You gotta Stop saying his name. Klugaluga. But anyway, he was supposed to be in this role. Who? He, Klugaluga. <laughs> but he couldn't do it because he was having health problems at the time and had to drop out and he recommended his mate Ed Nelson who's in it and Ed Nelson apparently uh, had some grandkids that lived in Mm. the area in North Carolina and he was just like fuck yeah just have a little (laughs) holiday visit my grandkids sounds great so yeah he's knocking on the door this cop there's it's another, a very, like,
1: derelict-looking house, isn't very it?
0: Very derelict-looking house. It's it's autumn. There's, like, leaves falling down. Mm. There's another younger cop there as well mm. called Mullen. And he's got a lucky rabbit foot, which mm-hmm. is, like, an important item throughout this. It's, like, a lighter, right? Lucky is it? Foot. And then it has, like, a lighter on it I just it thought it well. was a rabbit's foot. They use it later to, like, light some things. Okay.
1: Oh, just stop to stop me for the, for a moment. Uh, when I watched this, I had like a thirty eight point five degree fever. She <laughs> so might have hallucinated <laughs> so a few things. <laughs> there's a few things that I don't remember, or just like was in, in such a fucking haze that I probably misinterpreted. So I might say some things, but I know like, no guy that never happens. Yeah. Like, feel free to just like cut me off or jump in whenever I'm saying something oh, fever dream like.
0: Yeah. So this young cop, the character's name's Mullen. Uh, he's played by a like, fuck. I don't know how to pronounce this name. Why do people have such fucked up
1: names? Why can't everyone just be Klugealuga? Klugealuga. <laughs> I mean Klugealuga. At
0: least it's easy to pronounce. He's not even in this film, and we've said
1: his name so many
0: times. <laughs> so this young cop is not played by Klugealuga.
1: Oh, no one is.
0: He's played by James eusterman i'm gonna say Eustaman. not sure eusterman. if that's right but this guy was not an actor he, okay he was a guy that worked in special effects okay and the director was like yeah you look like you'd be good in a film mm. and put him in he's, he's pretty good he's not bad he does a decent job he's not amazing he's but no he's clue right. he's no clue galuga, but he's all right <laughs> so the cops go into the house it's a fucking oh, mess it's a real hazy room oh, it's it? grim mm clothes hanging up all over the place there's trash everywhere this house as you said dilapidated as mm. fuck this was actually an abandoned house an oh, abandoned really? house and it hadn't been used in years they hired it from like this local kind of rich family that owned all these houses right so there's no electricity in this mm. house and everything was powered by generators mm. which will be a theme for this this film as we okay. go on abandoned places and they created this set with like, real garbage and stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah, So, apparently, while they were filming in this set, it just started to stink, mm. and all the actors
1: were just fucking
0: hating being in this horrible uh, environment. They was did it, a it's good not, job of that. North direction.
1: Carolina? What's North
0: Carolina, yeah. Is it hot in North Carolina? It is, but when they were filming this, it was starting to get, like, really cold. I guess, like, winter was kicking okay. in, and there were all these, like, storms coming through. Oh. So, if you look at... Some of the scenes, if you mm. look outside, it looks really dark, even mm. when it's daytime and you can see
1: wind going. And that was all real because it mm. was like a storm wow. coming in as they were filming this. It wasn't as bad as the uh, infamous Texas Chainsaw Massacre set. I was just thinking, <laughs> I was just going to bring that up. Like, <laughs> yeah. oh man, I always think about that. Mm. Like I, did you see the,
0: have you seen that documentary? No, where the, I have oh, One of the... DVDs I had of that talked about
1: mm. creating that set, where it's all, like, real... So, it's, like, real, like, dead animals and raw <laughs> yeah. meat in, like, <laughs> Texas degree. Yeah, so, so fucked. fucking grim. Apparently, it was just, like, rancid. Oh, God. Imagine filming there. Horrific. Yeah, this is like that on a much smaller scale. Mm. <laughs> it's not that bad. But anyway,
0: the cops are in the house. Jersey's looking around downstairs. He looks in the, the fireplace, and there's all these, like, discarded newspaper clippings Mm. and they're talking about a psychic consultant Mm. to the police he even finds his own business card in there just like half fried in the (laughs) the fireplace so then we see mullin upstairs in a bedroom it's a total fucking mess there's clothes all over the bed while he's looking around he accidentally knocks down a shelf
1: somehow Somehow, yes (laughs) and all of a sudden Mm. the bed or something from within the bed comes to life (laughs) and a massive pile of clothes and sheets (laughs) and fucking debris comes flying up into the air and a and a, a duvet monster comes out <laughs> yeah. and starts beating him over the head with a pillow. Yeah, just a like pillow, pillow him. fight. Yeah. Yeah. Just, just smashing right. him up. And One of the bed monster emerges and just beats the shit out of him with a pillow. <laughs> and he's, like, running, running
0: down the stairs. That's right, he, like, falls yeah. down, like, tumbles down the stairs. Yeah, then the bed monster, the the clothing monster, follows him down, then comes into the light, and we see that... It's a woman, mm. Ali Oates, who is a psychic.
1: Shit, Jersey! Don't you cops ever knock!
0: She's covered in feathers from the pillow <laughs> fight, which is great. So this character, Ali, one of the main characters of the film, she's played by Deborah Rose, okay. who, again, is not in much, mm. uh, but fucking hell, I really like her performance mm. in this. That was again another one of the reasons I wanted to talk about this film. She's a very unconventional lead.
1: Yeah, how would you describe it? She's like a middle-aged, mm-hmm. um, very average-looking, slightly yeah, she, bigger? Yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. She's just quite like a normal-looking mm-hmm. person. Like she doesn't look like a big
1: mega star kind of actress no, anything. she looks like your aunt like someone's yeah, yeah, aunt you know exactly, i'm not saying yeah. yours and dave your aunt but she looks yeah. like what someone's aunt would look like you know <laughs> exactly yeah i don't know what your aunt looks like <laughs> she doesn't look like my aunt but i know what you mean she's mm. got
0: aunt vibes, aunt vibes. yeah <laughs> so she's obviously furious two cops have just broken into her house and woken
1: her up Woken her
0: up, she's like, fucking hell, I'm allowed to sleep. Come on, it's my she own house. Like, what are
1: you doing? And she was like, I was sleeping. Yeah. That, like, under that massive pile <laughs> yeah. of duvets and clothes and fucking garbage. She <laughs> sleeps like that. <laughs> we we realise as well at this
0: point that she knows Jersey. Like, mm. she knows him by name. We can already see that they have a history. But that's something I love about this film. It, just, it doesn't really give, it doesn't give you everything straight away. It's mm. just like, we just are in the middle of this. Yeah. With these two characters yeah, we, we find out that she has recently quit a university job and she's obviously like in some kind of state of like horrible depression. Mullen at one po- point, the younger cop refers to her as a witch, which is, seems like a pretty bad move. <laughs> why does not, he say does I don't he know. That, he's just like, what about the witch? But it's like, not even an insult. He, he just like says it about her. That's not very or, nice. Yeah, it's not very nice at all. Jersey, the older cop, sends Mullen out, takes a moment to talk to, to Ali. Ellie starts talking about their past and she mentions helping him dig up baby bones, Mm. which is our first reference to kid murder.
1: There's a (laughs) lot of that in this film. Yeah,
0: quite a lot of Mm. kid death. But, yeah, we can see there's, like, some past trauma that that involves both of these yes. characters. And she's very reluctant to help out because yeah. she's not over the last trauma. And then this new trauma, again, involves kids. Yep. So, Josie says, like, we've just dug up the bodies of three kids. Mm. A mortician had been keeping them locked up in a storage room and had been feeding them parts of his- in Clientel. quotate, clientele in quotations. Sorry, do I do that again. Yeah, clientele. Clientel. <laughs> you got to imagine us by doing quotations. <laughs> doing the so yeah, basically, cadavers have been getting fed to some kids oh, by a mortician. I, don't feed kids cadavers. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and this mortician has turned himself in. And has been claiming that he had ghouls locked away. Mm. Ali says that she doesn't want any of this crap anymore. She's done with the dead kids kids thing. She's done with cadavers getting eaten by children. <laughs> she can't help it anymore because the grief is just too much. Mm. Jersey talks about her gift and the results that she gets.
1: Yeah, she she has a gift.
0: Yeah, she's apparently got psychic. We don't know what gifts, it is yet. But yeah, we haven't seen it quite she yet. She has something mm. special. But I, I really like. I think there's a real difference in these two actors that Mm. works quite well, Mm. even though they hated each other, these Mm. two actors Mm. in real life. So we've got... Oh, did they? Yes. So we've got Deborah Rose, who's the the aunt lady. She required a lot of direction Mm. and she was a method actor. Really? Yeah. So she's only been in... You said like... I know. She's not been in much, but she was like a very serious actor overly kind of obsessed with the role from the sounds of it from what right. the director mentioned whereas ed nelson he's like an old character actor and just slips in and out he's just he he's was just... there
1: to see his family exactly yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're both really good they're both really good in their roles but I- i'm not gonna lie like i felt her performance was quite hammy at really like, oh, i really like i that. didn't think her performance was the most convincing sure. i didn't think it was bad Mm-hmm but there were quite a few times where I thought, like, she's clearly like an amateur, low-budget actress. So sure. hearing you say she was like a perfectionist mm. or a method actress, I'm yeah. quite surprised. Yeah,
0: but me, I think the fact that she is a
1: little amateur adds to it for me because it makes it feel a bit more real. Because mm. she's just like a real person. I, I didn't dislike her performance, and mm. I didn't. I-, I, I'm on the same boat as you. I liked her casting, but mm. I didn't. I-, I wasn't blown away by her performance. Sure, sure. Yeah. But yeah,
0: essentially these, these two, especially, I, I guess, like, Ed Nelson was driven nuts by her because he just wanted to get on with the job. Yeah. And she was, like, you know, spending hours preparing for things and had to spend all this time getting ready for the role where he could just jump in and out, mm. go visit his fucking grandkids, yeah. then come to the set. <laughs> but, yeah, it's quite an interesting dynamic that, mm. that these two, two have. But, anyway, he can't convince her to help. He goes off, leaves the card there hoping that she'll get in touch.
1: And this is where she goes back to her old evidence files. Well,
0: yeah, this was kind of interesting. I actually only understood this after watching this a few times and hearing the commentary as well, because I thought she was looking at evidence, Mm. but she's not. She's looking at her own dead child's.
1: Right, Items, like a scrapbook. Yeah, 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 yeah. That makes sense. Yeah, I, I also uh, thought it was evidence as well. Because yeah, she, she talks about her own loss of ch- like that's, child. That's right. right. Yeah, 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 yeah. I yeah. thought it was evidence stuff because it goes sh- straight from the cop mm. talk to her looking at this like folder. Yeah, 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 yeah. But now that you mention it, and then take into consideration the following scene that happens, mm. it makes sense that it's her own kid. It's so bleak with that in mind as well. Yeah. <laughs> oh
0: man. Oh, so you, that's a bummer, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's a bummer of a film. But yeah, she's she's looking at this scrapbook. She's got like a baby's bib. Mm. She's holding it to her, to her face. And as she's like looking at this scrapbook of, of items, she starts to fall asleep. Mm. We enter
1: a very nightmarish dream. Yes. So she wakes up and there's a trail of her baby's... Items, clothing, pictures, various bits and pieces leading out of the door outside. So she stands up from this chair she was sitting in and she follows it, follows the trail. She goes outside onto the porch and sees a girl, like sitting with her back facing her at the end of the porch. So she starts to walk towards the girl. And we kind of get a glimpse of the girl looking at a picture of herself, mm. right? And the picture of the of herself is like a nice, young, beautiful, cute girl. And then we see like the girl's hand. The girl's holding the picture. Of her hands kind of start to stroke the picture, but the hand is all fucking decayed and moldy mm-hmm. and grim. And then she turns around, and she's fucking dead. Yeah, she's dead, Dave. Yeah, and I'm not just she's not just dead properly she's like decomposed it's not just like a bit of like dead makeup it's like Mm. half skeleton half mummified grim yeah eyes missing like no nothing in the sockets kind of grim dead it goes all out like Mm. it's yeah
0: yeah as you say it's not just a bit of makeup put on someone it's a full it's like a full-on puppet kind of like a corpse puppet thing yeah this this um zombie girl is you see it both as a puppet and also an actress playing it as mm. well. So they they had a child actress who was an eight year old local from North Carolina, mm-hmm. Sally Middleton, and she plays multiple characters. Really, in this but yeah, this is the first character that that you see her as is this zombie mm. girl. Yeah, apparently she was, like, really amazing and, like, took direction amazingly well.
1: I was going to ask, are the dead zombie kids actually played by kids in, like, in makeup? Because it's Mm. it's a lot of prosthetic work in there. We'll get to that soon, yeah. But, yes,
0: one of them is this Sally Middleton girl, yeah. Cool. Which is... Pretty crazy oh, to think of. And like there's it. more details about how this was shot that makes it even crazier.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, but we'll get to that later. So Sally stands up. Mm. Not her name, Sally. The actress, yeah. Saturday, the dead girl stands up and starts to walk towards the mother. And she kind of like goes in to hug her. And mm. what's the mum's name? Allie. Allie kind of just embraces her. Yeah, I, I really love this, though, because
0: like Ellie's like kind of reeling back from mm. this zombie girl. But then she looks down, and the zombie's just, like, hugging her. Mm. And something that I I found really interesting about this. So, in the script, it was supposed to be that she looked down at the zombie girl, and then the head split open, Ooh. and all, like, maggots and stuff fell out. But the effect didn't work. But I actually way prefer what it is mm. in this, because it's really sad. Mm. It's just
1: sad. Like, yeah. the zombie girl, like, hugging Ali. And yeah. It's... It's gone. This was actually one of my favorite shots because as she's hugging her, we kind of zoom into Addy, right? It's like an extreme close-up on her face. And we know, it's, we know it's a dream or a nightmare or something because, you know, it's a fucking dead kid walking around. Um, and then the camera starts to, like, pull away and we're expecting the zombie kid to be gone because mm-hmm. it's a dream. But the zombie kid is still there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, oh! <laughs> yeah. That, that, was, that was really unexpected. That's it. Is a great tray. Mm. Right? and the zombie girl just like looks up gently at, at Ali. It's quite fucked. It's great though, and so that's a fantastic fake out. And then, and then she wakes up. And then, I mean, this now is more fucked up. You telling me that this is actually her kid's stuff. She starts mm. to burn it all.
0: Yeah, she goes to to burn all the stuff, right? But then she can't do it. She stops oh, I herself. thought she threw some of it. She's starting to do it, and then she lights a match, but then she, she stops herself. Oh. And you can see then she's like, okay, I'm gonna help out. It's not only photos of her own kid, but I think it's all the missing kids as well that she's helped find. So it, it's kind of this like accumulated trauma that she has of her own dead child and yeah, all this mm. other stuff as well. A lot of kids. A lot of dead kids. So then we cut into a video screen and we see the mortician that was Mm. mentioned before being interviewed by the cops. So yeah, Chen, Mr. Chen. So this actor again was a local actor. Apparently his accent was so thick. He was Mm. completely incomprehensible. So when they were filming it, they were like, fuck, we're going to have to dub this. later." He's actually dubbed by someone else. They dubbed him back in LA, but they did a Ah, good job. I didn't didn't notice notice it. Um, But yeah, the, the cop who's interviewing him in this video asks him about this curse that Mm. he's been talking about and everything that he has done, all the horrible things has been because of this fear of this curse that he has. And then we cut out and we see that it's actually Ali and Jersey and Mullen watching this video. So Mm. Ali has now like agreed to help out on this Mm. case. So Mr. Chen, he talks about how they whoever they are these ghouls are getting hard to control and he need he needed someone to help stop them
1: just who are they they are my masters just as they were my fathers before me and his father before him
0: generations of his family had basically been stopping these ghouls from getting out and murdering people Mm. He also talks about it's like a punishment for his family because his ancestors got involved in the occult. Now it's become his responsibility to make sure mankind is protected. Mm. He also says, if these ghouls are not fed, they will feed. Yeah, the cop interviewing him just says, well, they're dead. What's going on, Chen? Come on. What's all this about? But he says, they're the undead. Uh. And he says, they can play possum easily. Mm.
1: They are Kyoshi, the undead. When they are full, they can play possum very well <laughs> very well indeed
0: after watching the video, Ali is talking about you know how how could he have fed these ghouls like because oh, he, yeah. he's got a <laughs> he he runs like a mortuary <laughs> right so he couldn't have stripped things from the front of the people, hmm. and then she's like, oh it must have been he must have stripped the backs yeah. of the corpses Back me."
1: Back me, yeah. Or oh, anything below the waist. <laughs> so, yeah,
0: so family's gonna tell. So they decide to, to go along and investigate the bodies. And so this where they the get morgue. to the morgue. Yeah.
1: Where we meet. Is this the greatest character?
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. But before we do that, I want to talk a little bit about the morgue itself, because I think this will excite you quite a lot. I do so, get excited
1: by morgues, Dave. So they're going to the
0: county coroner. Yeah. It's not where the mortician is was from right he, he ran something else this is like the county coroner, So right. it's a, a different place it's a little bit confusing right because mm. there's coroners and morticians in this
1: there's a few like overlapping stories and locations yeah. in here yeah. yeah
0: it's best not to think about it too much i okay. would say <laughs> but yeah so where this was filmed though this this uh coroner stuff so it was filmed inside a condemned hospital awesome called the old davis hospital which is a it. three or four story hospital I think it was quite freshly abandoned Mm. when they filmed this because I looked up the hospital now. It still exists. Oh, really? And, but... yeah, it's you wouldn't want to be filming in there now. It's absolutely oh, fucked. Really? Like,
1: falling to pieces, mm. graffiti everywhere. Yeah, it looks good here. Yeah. I mean, they've obviously, like, wheeled in some furniture and some mm. filing cabinets and shit, but, like, I would never have thought this was an abandoned hospital. Yeah,
0: so I think it must have quite recently, mm. you know, been, been closed when they, they first filmed this. They had to do a lot of work on this. So, they, the morgue, for example, in the actual hospital did not look like a morgue. Mm-hmm. So, the morgue they built right also another thing that was insane and you really notice this once you know this fact if you watch this film again Mm. you'll see this this was shot during ice storms as i said before so like it was shot in incredibly cold weather in north carolina and everyone was fucking freezing because there was no heat in the mm. building whatsoever because there was no electricity no, no heating yeah, yeah. everything was done with generators if you watch the film throughout it you can see in a lot of shots when the actors are
1: talking you can see their breath Oh. Really? it was so cold <laughs> and, um, is that why the delivery mans were on like earmuffs and he <laughs> yeah. <scuffs> and stuff <laughs> and the, the cast used to sit
0: around a stove to keep mm. warm in between takes another thing that wasn't real so there was an elevator in mm. the hospital of course but there was no electricity, so they couldn't use it. So, the elevator they had to build as well. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, so, it was an abandoned place, but they they had to add a lot to it. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, pretty Well, they pretty made it all location.
1: work within, like, the story, the narrative. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. It works really well. But, yeah, they enter this place. It's late at night. It's Thanksgiving for some yeah, reason. Yeah, I noticed a big Thanksgiving banner.
0: Yeah. It's kind of weird. We're recording this, like, around Thanksgiving as well. <gasps>
1: <Yeah. laughs> Is there any points... Of this film being Thanksgiving, like, yeah, no, I don't no there so. isn't, is there? I don't notice around the hospital there are like these signs saying like you know, winner free turkey and all this yeah. kind of stuff, and the yeah. big they make a real big point of the yeah, Thanksgiving yeah, yeah. banner, but mm. that's nothing really to do with anything. Yeah, and, it's true, and there's no mention of it either. Yeah. Like no one ever talks about Thanksgiving. <laughs> yeah. it's not like oh, we're stuck in this fucking hospital where I could have mm. been at home eating turkey with my family. Yeah. Like no one once mentions thanksgiving it's true it's, true. it's quite unusual isn't but it you said so that they would have decorated this so they would have mm. put all the banners oh yeah yeah thanksgiving it wasn't there by up. mistake yeah but but why don't
0: know i guess it's like why is Die Hard at christmas
1: well no that's different dave <laughs> that, there's a point to that
0: that's is that? it's
1: very much like weaved into the story this isn't why is gremlins at christmas well, there's a point to that. That's <laughs> that's in the story. Why is Silent Night Deadly Night at Christmas? <laughs> haven't seen it. No, no. <laughs> Really?
0: <laughs> oh, fuck. You haven't seen that? No. Oh, we should have done that for our Christmas movie. Oh, well. Let's just stop this one I right here. I can't believe you haven't seen that. That's right. one of my favorite Christmas movies. Yeah, I don't know. It's a it's an odd detail that's mm. I- irrelevant as far as I could see. Yeah, really? It seems like know. a lot of effort to go through. To then not pay any attention to Mm. whatsoever. And they they never come back to it either. Like, it's only really in this scene where it's like, oh, there's a Thanksgiving sign and that's Mm. kind of it. And then then there's there's a few, like, posters here and there. But, yeah. Mm. Don't know. That's so bizarre. Very odd. That's upset me quite a lot, actually. (laughs) Should we just call it quits now? Cancel (laughs) the podcast?
1: But anyway, the,
0: uh, the cops and Ali, they go in to sign in. Before we meet the character that we're going to spend some time talking about, we meet a dog. Floofsums. floof Floofsums. Oh, so, floof, floof, it's floofsomes. very hard. Floofsums. <laughs> this dog playing Floofsums quite a famous dog. Is it? The dog's... It's Floofsums famous. Floofsomes is famous. Uh, it's, it's real name. Real name? Okay. You can say that. It's uh, Its name
1: is Vinny. Okay. It's in a bunch of movies. uh, Vinny's not a good name for a little poodle. It's not great, is it? So, when we say poodle, this isn't like a full size poodle. This is like a a A small poodle. A little poodle, yeah. A ratty thing.
0: Yeah, a little ratty
1: poodle. This poodle, Vinny, uh, plays
0: a punk dog in one of the Elvira movies. (gasps) Do you remember a punk dog? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's Floofsums.
1: Floofsums!
0: Oh my God. (laughs) But then, more importantly, after we meet this dog mm. that once played a punk dog in a Elvira movie, a woman shouts out its name. "Flufsums."
1: <laughs> and here we meet the, the greatest character ever, <laughs> Poopin' Platts. <Yeah.
0: laughs> what a fucking name.
1: Bad dog. Does your baby way be recognised, Lieutenant Jersey? <laughs> See? just give us the tags will you miss poopin plots uh, you authorized right? did
0: you recognize this
1: I did, actress yeah but i didn't search her sure sure so this is phyllis Diller. right who is by far the most
0: famous person in this film extremely famous comedian who worked from the 40s all the way up till the 2000s and died in 2012 okay aged 95 so yeah, Phyllis Diller, extremely famous comedian. She is basically, I think, the reason this film got funded, because okay. apparently most of the investors were like, holy shit, you got Phyllis Diller in this mm. film? This is crazy. So, she's she's really famous for being very self-deprecating. So, when she would do comedy, she wore, like, wild out outfits and, like, crazy wigs. Mm. And her most famous sort of thing is her, her cackle that she has, which oh, is- yeah. So good, and honestly, man, I watched an interview with her about this film she 's like she or she was fucking amazing she's such a cool lady like mm. every she's so funny she was cracking me up so much
1: all of her scenes were brilliant oh she's so good so charismatic yeah. on screen i loved her performance
0: <laughs> the director james cummings he he did not think that he'd be able to get her for this role but he was like I'll, I'll give it a go and send so her was the she script. first choice for this role then yeah i think he really wanted her for oh. her sent her the script and she loved it The script. And she still loves this film. Like, she thinks it's fucking great. And she apparently, like, watched it all the time when she was alive.
1: So this would have been relatively
0: later in her career. Yeah, this is very late in her career. Because she's, like, yeah, been around from... I guess her peak was maybe 60s. Okay. Yeah, this is the only film where she acts with her own hair. Okay. (laughs) So how would you describe her hair?
1: That's a good question. (laughs) Um relatively short maybe as if she like stuck a fork in an electrical socket <laughs> yeah. it's kind of all like standing up on ends but yeah. also kind of very patchy yeah yeah very patchy very thin and kind of, like, hair. complete like like bleached white yeah it's yeah.
0: very very white white thin kind of almost like a bird's nesty kind of thing but, yeah. but not much of a nest
1: mm. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lonely nest but yeah
0: so i i found this really interesting when they were Uh, doing like costume stuff for this film the director went over to her house she would come down with different wigs on she's like what do you think of this wig what do you think of this one he's like nah it's not right and then as she leant down to to pick something off the ground or something her wig fell off right and he saw her without her wig Mm. on and he was like oh my god that's it Right. that's what we need for the film ah. and amazingly she agreed to do it because like awesome. every other time you see her she's wearing a wig but she's like fuck it let's do it mm. we'll go no wig
1: that's <laughs> so great so and good. there's even a line that she delivers referencing her hair isn't there <laughs> yeah she's like
0: self deprecating <laughs> yeah, herself in the she, film she,
1: well, she says something like, like watch out for my hair there's not le- much left of it yeah, yeah. <laughs> keep quiet keep out of trouble keep out of my hair there's so little of it I oh, know, it's, it's great because she kind of plays this, like, ratty old woman who's always on her own. She's almost like the the kind of villain of the story, yeah, if you will. Is, yeah. Like, she's this hard-ass, like, she's been working in this, uh, this morgue for fucking ages, always on the night shift and never has any other human interaction besides the fucking dead bodies. So she's this really weird old graveyard <laughs> shift woman who just spends her time with her dog. And, like... Very like
0: cloyingly bureaucratic as well, right? Oh yeah, like, it's like you gotta sign these, you gotta do this. Like, she's <laughs> she's so, cr- oh, she's so oh, great. I loved her performance. Uh, she she really adds so much to this mm. film. She's I ca- cannot imagine this film without her. She's no. fucking great. This one extra thing about her, this doesn't really fit in anywhere, but I just found it really funny when I was watching this interview with her. She was talking about working with the poodle mm-hmm. a lot. And she was just, like, talking about this dog with, like, real disdain. <laughs>
1: really? Yeah. She didn't like flutesomes? She, she yeah.
0: was like, the poodle was fat and heavy. <laughs> She's like, I, I, I had a lot of trouble lifting that poodle up. She's like an older lady, yeah. right? And she also, she was like, I kept telling him this
1: dog is not well. <laughs> Apparently the what? dog is quite sick. <laughs> What she kind of reminded me of my own grandmother, right. you know, the yeah, kind of she, grandmother. She reminded who, like, me of my grandma too. Yeah, grandmothers who say things that you, they should that you shouldn't say. Yeah, you yeah, know? yeah. Like yeah. O- old people like stuck in their own time who just yeah. say the weirdest shit. She's like that.
0: We're gonna be that one day. I can't wait. I can't wait. It's gonna be so much fun. <laughs> yeah. So we meet this Poopin' plat. She's the <laughs> the <laughs> name is great. Uh, she's the yeah receptionist or like she looks after the the morgue at yeah. the night. basically she's like the the she's the skeleton crew of the morgue. Yeah, yeah yeah and yeah we immediately see what a stickler for the rules mm. she is she's getting them all to sign in as you said like you know just says the most inappropriate things so she gets like ali's driver's license and is like oh you've porked up <laughs> <laughs> yeah at one point like the floofsums being all fucking annoying and she like I can't remember what she throws, but she makes him go fetch something, Hmm. which is kind of setting up something for later on as well. Uh, She also refers to the morgue as the Boneyard, Hmm. which is our our first mention of the the title. Yeah. And um, I love that she's just like rambling about, like what did it used to be called? Like the stink house or something? Yeah. And she's talking about stinky corpses.
1: (laughs) Oh boy. Last year we had one overripe customer in here, a floater. When they cut into him downstairs, the pus was oozing all over the place. We couldn't get the stink out. It was.
0: Hey, just uh, we'll line us up for a viewing room, huh? Jazzy asks her to line up uh, a viewing room to mm. check out the bodies. This is something that I really liked from yeah listening to the commentary. The director and the producer, they wanted this to be a more realistic vision of what a morgue is actually like. So they researched right. morgues, went to a lot of morgues, You know, when you watch a movie and, like, people identify a corpse or, like, people are coming in fucking looking at bodies and stuff. Mm. That apparently almost never happened. It's, like, an extremely rare occurrence. You're not supposed to be in a room with a dead body unless you're a coroner. So this is a more realistic representation where they're basically in this room with a TV Mm. and this communication equipment where they're communicating with the coroner. All of that sort of stuff all these little details come from reality like the forklift which we see later on because forklifts were used to carry bodies around at and just
1: all of the the way it's set up is apparently quite realistic which i I thought was like a cool touch yeah i like that yeah poop and plots cools down and she's like you got a peep show party of three (laughs) so she yeah leads them down to the viewing room and she she talks them through the equipment mm. and she's like, you know, you break it, you buy it and I'm going to be checking your IDs before you sign out so just don't fuck yeah. up. <laughs> and then before she walks out, she goes, Party Hardy! Like, what's that? <laughs> yeah. What's that? It's such like a 1991 moment, isn't it? <laughs> but it's it's kind of said so... Um, it's kind of like... Um, tongue in cheek yeah. almost. Sort of like this facetious, like, yeah, yeah. like eye rolling kind yeah. of thing. <laughs> yeah. And you said we start to see these bodies, but you said it's through like this grainy old TV and that mm. really adds a layer of grimness to yeah. it. And this is, so when I talked about the first time I watched this with Tana
0: and my friends, we were like, oh yeah, it's going to be a fun time. Our poopin' pooping plots, We're loving yeah. pooping and plots, And then this scene happened and we're like, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> We've just got three dead kids on a slab on this grimy, grainy TV. Yeah. And the
1: corpses are, Oh,
0: it's it's horrible, horrific, mm. horrific. There's just something about the coroner in this scene. So the coroner that's on the TV that they're talking to is uh, Shep, the character Shep. Okay, this is fucking crazy. So this character, mm. as I said before, we had Klugalugo was was supposed to play the yeah. cop, and this character was supposed to be played by either Warren Zevin or Alice Cooper.
1: Wow.
0: Yeah, and apparently they were basically like all right we've we're gonna get alice cooper to be in this Mm. and they had it set up for alice cooper but then alice cooper's management made it so difficult to organize Mm. that they had to it was it was just getting too late in the process and they they changed actors so so who they got to play the role is also a very well-known actor so this is norman fell uh who's playing it so he's a big like tv actor veteran of TV and he's in The Graduate and all sorts of stuff. Very, very well-known actor.
1: Is this the guy with the rat tail?
0: Yes. So that's also fucking Um, hilarious. So remember Alice Cooper was supposed to play the role. So the ponytail and the mustache were meant for Alice Cooper. And then they got Norman (laughs) Fell, who's like an older man. And they're like, oh, well, obviously we don't, we won't get him to wear it but he's like no i want to wear those <laughs> this old man he's got this rat tail and mustache
1: but it's i kind of so love exciting. it I, I, I love it, it. it's it is great, great. It gives him character i that's so weird that alice cooper was supposed to play this i'm glad that he didn't i think i, it I don't been know much. if i would have loved it or hated it i think i would have hated it i think it would
0: have been too much it would have been distracting because you'd just be like oh fucking alice cooper yeah and i think it would take away from the bleak stuff in this. Yeah. prepping Platz is great. Like that's enough. Yeah. That's yeah. that's all you need for the crazy stuff. But one other funny thing about this, so he stepped in at the last moment right. to play this. Like, you know, like oh you know, they were just about to shoot and he just mm. came over to do it. So he didn't have any of his lines memorized because right. he literally stepped into the role. He was also going through a divorce at the time so he was like offset like basically juggling this divorce and oh. all this court sort of stuff in his scene so in this scene as well he had all of his cue cards for his lines just yeah. like behind the dead kids heads oh. which he was reading oh. <laughs> but yeah they could only get him for him and phyllis they could only get for a week as well because they're right. like the big stars that's all they could afford I do, I, I like him in this role, but he's, he's not too distracting. He's, he's, uh... Oh, I thought it
1: was good. Yeah, he, no,
0: I he's, him. he's good, but he's like, yeah, I think if it was Alice Cooper, it would have... Been, nah, no mm.
1: thanks.
0: So, back to the dead kids. Oh, great. <laughs> we see that the the coroner, Shep, and Ali, they know each other from a past case as well. Yeah, he shows these three dead kids. And yeah, one of them again, one of the kids on the, the slab played by Sally Middleton, the zombie mm. kid we saw before so these aren't just dummies these are actual kids uh, yeah right? i guess these are real uh. actors in these roles but yeah they're they're fucking so upsetting <laughs> they're no. so
1: they're so upsetting and the fact we're looking at them through like a yeah, TV oh, really? really adds a oh. lot of grease to it
0: yeah it's very upsetting but yeah they Ali wants to do a whole psychic thing but she She can't read anything through the TV. Mm. So she asks if there's any personal effects that they have. And there's just this doll, which Mm. we're going to see later as well. Mm. Very upsetting. She's not allowed to go down and touch the bodies, but she's able to get a lock of hair, which they take from, quote, the little Oriental boy. So they chop some hair off one of the zombies and it gets sent up through, what do you call that thing? Dumb Dumb waiter. waiter. (laughs) Dumb waiter, but for corpse items. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so uh ali goes off to a room to analyze the hair do a little psychic thing mm. and this is where we hear what we talked about before this whole thing of her dead child so we yeah. hear her, her, her backstory basically this is the
1: first time we get any mention of it
0: so we hear she lived with this canadian guy i don't know why, why he's canadian It's he so he yeah. a very specific detail she got pregnant had the baby but the baby I don't really know the details, but the baby died. Mm. It had something to do with... She had ovarian cancer, Ali, and uh, the like child that, yeah. died. I didn't so, they say the Canadian guy, like, ran away or something? Yeah, he ran away. It's a little bit confusing, but basically <laughs> she's got this trauma connected with that. And then after this happened to her, after losing her baby, after her cancer, that's when she developed these psychic skills.
1: Mm. But saying that, so so... She lost her baby uh, due to ovarian cancer, so it wasn't born yet. Mm. So, the kid that we saw in the dream yeah. would have been one from the case. Maybe, yeah. That's what what's confusing. Because in, in
0: the commentary, they refer to that as if it's her daughter. Huh. But, yeah, I, I agree with you. It makes more sense that that's, like, one of the kids from the case. Yeah. Yeah, let's just go with that.
1: Yeah, because you're looking at all like uh all the the bibs and the yeah. kids' items. But mm. if the kid died in the womb, I guess like the bib
0: makes sense. Like she might have bought that for oh, the kid yeah. before. I don't know.
1: There's so many like stories that are so close and overlapping that it's, yeah, it's it gets difficult a bit to...
0: confusing. Yeah. Anyway, let's uh, get back to poop and, plot. poop and plots. <laughs> let's move away from dead kids. We like the poop and plots. And plots. <laughs> So, then we meet another guy. We've got Marty, who's, like, the body delivery man. Yeah. <laughs> so, he, he comes comes in, and he's, like, instantly in this fight with poop implants. Yes, yes. Which is great. <laughs> he can't go through, like, the usual, like, delivery door. Like, yeah. it's locked or something. Because no um, electricity.
1: Yeah. So.
0: <laughs> so, he needs to, like, use the ele- elevator, but...
1: Direct delivery through sub level three. The doors are closed. Poop and
0: Platts. Yeah, in in this uh, exchange, like they're sort of fighting over this like gurney with the, yeah. the body on it, and part of it like a uh, like, like a, a bolt bolts, comes up yeah, and hits the dog, which I just thought was like a fun detail, just whacking that dog on the head. <laughs> yeah, Jersey comes out and convinces Poop and Platts, like just let him use the elevator. Come on, mate, this is too much. So Marty. The body delivery man and the younger cop, Mullen, are there to sort of put the body in. I
1: love the way whilst they're waiting for the elevator, the hat of the older detective guy is just resting on top of the corpse. <laughs> I didn't notice <laughs> that. <laughs> I was like, Wait, what is that? Is that a guy's hat? Like, why is that even <laughs> there? And then he rolls up a bit later. <laughs> have
0: you seen... I don't know why this made me think of it. Have you, You've seen Tenebrae, right? Yes, the, the oh, Argento, yeah. If you want something that will ruin the viewing of that film do you know the actor john saxon yeah of course yeah uh so john saxon he's like such a prop actor right mm. all character actors are like they need a prop right sure probably this ed nelson guy he probably loved having that hat he to muck about with but john saxon like every role like he's always got something in his hands right. that he's messing about with an intenebray, he's got that hat that mm. he's wearing and <laughs> it's like if you watch him in the film, every scene, he's fucking taking his hat off, putting it down places, oh, yeah. flipping it around, looking at it. <laughs> and, like I I watched mm-hmm. him with my friend years ago with my friend Pierre and we like noticed that and it just ruined the film because oh. every scene that's all we could watch <laughs> was him flipping his hat about. I think it's a character actor thing. They just right. need to be fucking putting their hats all over the place. <laughs> but yeah, so the younger cop Mullen, Marty, they're with the corpse. Mullen asks how the person died. It seems like it was probably a suicide. Mm. Yeah. Then Jersey comes over and delivers the news that Chen is dead. The mortician who had the kids that he was was feeding feeding dead bodies to (laughs) is dead. He has shot himself. He, like, managed to Where get, did a he get a gun. gun So, I think he, like, broke away from... He was getting taken to, like, an insane asylum, broke away, grabbed a gun, and blew his brains out. Damn. So, he's not the protector of humanity anymore, I guess. <laughs> so, they go to take the body into the lift.
1: Oh, this scene was fun. This <laughs> yeah. scene really grossed me out. Oh, really? Yeah. So, they're in the lift, and they, they have the gurney with the dead body on. And as we previously saw, the bolt that dropped... F- out from it and hit the dog in the head makes the balance basically mm. just collapse the, mm. the gurney collapses and a bloody hand like comes out from underneath whatever like uh, sheet it's being covered with and almost like slaps the younger cop yeah. guy in the face so he's trying bloody. to like prop up oh. the cadaver and he's just got this bloody hand Ow. in his face <laughs> that's just like rubbing up against him it's so gross oh, man. and just a gross detail that It was unnecessary, but adds colour.
0: Okay. (laughs) Yeah. It was it was grim. Yeah. (laughs) Just another
1: grim moment. Played for laughs, Was that supposed to be funny? I, I don't know. I, it really upset I, I, me. I, I, don't a... I don't know what else it was supposed to It be. was so bloody. <laughs> yeah. It's not just the corpse hand. It's a really bloody corpse hand. Which but... also
0: doesn't make any sense that it was bloody. Because she killed herself with a hairdryer in a bath. Anyway.
1: Let's let's not go into too much detail. Starting to see a few plot holes in this yeah. film, Dave. <laughs> there
0: are a few. Um, <laughs> so, so then back to Ali. She's got a, the lock of hair, trying to get a reading. As she's reading the hair, we flash back into this kind of strange ritual. Yeah, where in I guess China, a child is wrapped up in this like sheet on an altar. Yeah. Again, this is Sally Middleton, that eight-year-old kid who plays like a billion roles in this, and we have an old Chinese man. Is she Chinese? No, <laughs> I think they just didn't show a very close up in this. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't think she's <laughs> she Chinese. She plays
1: a Chinese kid. Yeah. Thing.
0: Yeah. And this uh, old Chinese guy has a, a knife. Um, mm. He's like a classic kind of, he's got like big long beard, all that sort big, of stuff.
1: Big eyebrows, big long eye- mustache. All that sort of stuff.
0: And he he cuts the fingers off this man. And this um, woman, I guess they're the parents of the kid. Yeah. Yeah. He cuts them off. He takes the fingers over, he does something with them not quite sure magic so this is where you can really see the inspiration behind this film the main thing that influenced the director on this was around this time he he just watched mr vampire and chinese oh, okay. ghost story and yeah, was like yeah, yeah. i want to do something with around this sort of chinese magic kind sure. of thing and you can really see it in this scene mm. i felt yeah another fun fact this was I just love this bit of stupid trivia so in this scene on, on the trees there's mm. all this like pink silk yeah. hanging from the trees so the effects crew that worked on this they worked on the blob right. you know the 1980s yeah, yeah. blob mm. and all of this silk had been used to make the blob really? in the blob movie and they had all this leftover silk civil- oh, Awesome! <laughs> they brought it along and they're like oh, let's just hang it up on the tree it look, you know, can, <laughs> like can add some colour to the scene mm. love it <laughs> Yeah, so in this ritual, the child's body starts to come to to life. We're seeing Ali kind of watching this, like she's like going back to this time, right, and seeing mm. this happen. But then the camera pulls out, and she's in the morgue. She suddenly teleported. Well, maybe she's like downstairs, not really, but like she's there, like yeah. mentally in, in the in the morgue. She's in this room surrounded by corpses, right? Mm. And through the window, she can see. Coroner taking in that body from that was from the elevator coming in. So she's seeing this all happen as she's in this room with these bodies. One of the bodies underneath a sheet starts to move. And then a hand comes out pulling the sheet down. And what do we see? It's one of the
1: fucking kids, isn't it? Yeah. Oh and it's so gross. (laughs) Yeah,
0: and again this is that Sally Middleton girl. So she was dressed up wow. as this, this zombie. It's so fucked. We don't get a big look at it yet, but it's already like, whoa,
1: like, holy shit, what are we seeing it's there? It's really fucking disturbing. And there's a scene yeah. where she's kind of like licking her lips in yeah. one of the shots. Oh. It's awful. It's so,
0: so full on. It's, it's terrifying, like legitimately frightening. Oh, yeah. As silly as this movie is, like those zombies are fucking scary as yeah. shit. And yeah, the zombie turns to Ellie, and she jumps out of her trance, and she's back upstairs again, mm-hmm. and runs to the elevator to to try and try and get in, but she can't access it because she doesn't have the key.
1: This is where we now cut to the morgue, mm. and we have the body of the person who committed suicide, and we got the two detectives watching, and the the coroner with the rat tail, mm. not Alice Cooper, yeah. <laughs> He's like, are you sure you want to watch this? Mm. And they're like, yeah, 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 I'll I'll Mm. watch it. Kind of like, kind of sheepishly. Mm. They're like, yeah, I'll do it. But also, I didn't get why they yeah, were there, there to
0: watch no it. no reason for that, yeah. There's also all these other coroners there as well. Yeah. One of which is played by the producer okay. who are just, like, cracking all these
1: grim jokes. Yeah, yeah. You're yeah, like, why are they watching this? I don't know, those? but they're adamant to, to watch it as if they're going to mm-hmm. learn something about the case or something. They're like, yeah, no, no, we'll, yeah. See, we'll see, we'll see, we'll see. Yeah, we'll, we'll check it out. Yeah, yeah. We'll have a look. We'll have a look. And says, so, all right, here we go, lads. So the coroner <laughs> takes out his scalpel. He brings it to the throat of the corpse and runs it across her throat. By doing so, wakes her up. She screams bloody murder. She's not a fucking corpse. She's alive. Mm. And everyone starts freaking out. She's screaming, blood splurting everywhere. She sprays blood into the face of the two detectives. One of them faints. And it's like, it's, it's panic. It's a mad panic because she's not fucking dead. When I first saw this, I'm like, oh, she is zombie. She come back to life, but no,
0: she just didn't die in No a suicide attempt. But because of her, this woman who's apparently committed suicide, being alive and all this chaos, they don't notice the zombies coming to life in the other room. right? So they, they don't see what's going on. Back to Allie, because she's like desperate to to save her jersey and all her friends and the coroners. She's rushing to get the key from Poop and Platz, trying to explain. But of course, it sounds... Fucking crazy. But Plots calls down, right? Yeah.
1: She calls down, there's no answer. No. And she's answer, like, ah, yeah. something's fishy. Mm. But while she's calling, Ali grabs the keys from her and runs to the elevator, to which Plots <laughs> sets <floof-loom-> Floofs <floofs-flooms laughs> on her. What the <laughs> fuck is the dog's <laughs> name? Floofsums. <laughs> floofsums. She sets Floofsums on her. <laughs> Ali gets the elevator. Floofsums also and manages jumps to get on. inside
0: apparently uh deborah rose the actress mm. was terrified of dogs oh, and God. apparently her fear in this scene is real <laughs> she apparently had some like childhood trauma of a of a dog biting her or oh something. really but yeah the dog follows her in
1: poop and doesn't make it but she does oh. take the time to call ally a fat bitch <laughs> But this is probably one of my favorite shots where we have um, Poop and Plots running towards the elevator. Because she's got like really big eyes. Her mouth is wide open and she's running. Knees really high. But <laughs> yeah. She doesn't make it to the elevator in time. But it's just such a ridiculous like comical run that she has.
0: <laughs> it's great.
1: <laughs> yeah. the uh, She doesn't make it in time. The next shot we get is uh, into the basement, I guess. The elevator doors opening once again. And all we hear is flusums like like crying and running away, probably because Ali fucking kicked the shit out of it in the <laughs> elevator. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so now Ali is downstairs
0: in, mm. in the the kind of morgue area and goes into the examination room that we saw before. It's all bloodied. There's like smashed glass everywhere. There's an axe but it's in like you know in like the emergency cabinet kind of thing it's already smashed so she takes out out the axe from this cabinet moves around the room and then looks through a window and sees one of the zombies just fucking chowing down on the rib cage of i guess one of the morticians that we saw earlier and I think we've got to talk about the zombies in more detail here. Just how fucking filthy and Mm. disgusting they are and just how upsetting this makeup is. Like, this is not Dawn of the Dead blue face zombies. Mm. This is not even fuchi, like, rotten corpse zombies. These are just, like... I don't even know how to really express how much they upset me. Yeah. No, they're, <laughs> they're like, very no eyes. I think that's what it is. Like, yeah. there's no eyes. Mm. But it's not just that, because zum- some of the zombies in Fuji films
1: don't have eyes. What is it about them? that's are so
0: fucking upset. They don't have
1: any clothes on. Yeah, either. they're nude zombies. And their they're whole body is like dirty and veiny and blackened, decomposed. Yeah, but it's just. Like I said no eyes. They're really kind of, like, straggly hair. Yeah, yeah. And they've got kind of sharp, pointy teeth.
0: I think a lot of zombies you see in films, there's, like, a human element to them. These, for me, feel more like... You know when you see, like, the xenomorph and alien for the first time? Mm. It's that same feeling of, like, seeing something that is not human. And Mm. it's just very upsetting but then also adding to that that they're that their are kids yeah as well just adds this layer of griminess to it oh yeah. it's
1: it's really <laughs> fucked up this is why their i thought their makeup it, is fantastic yeah
0: it's, it, it's it feels like we've got two films in one though like you got the sort of silly stuff and then this stuff which is mm. full-on um just just to talk about the effects for a moment so it was quite hard to film these effects because this was shot in north carolina where mm. you can't get effects guys that that easily So the director, James Cummings, he's a special effects guy. He hired a guy, a very young artist, effects artist, that he knew from other projects, this guy called Bill Corso. And this guy went on to become a really big makeup artist. So this is like a really fantastic makeup artist. So the effects were designed by the director, James Cummings, with all these like sort of sketches, and then Bill Corso added to those. So half the crew came from la and then half were from new york and then they all came over here to to make this the all the effects crew lived in a big mansion together really (laughs) they hired like some mansion in north carolina oh nice that they all lived in but there was like no furniture or anything they were just like in this
1: (laughs) big empty (laughs) mansion
0: (laughs) and the effects were a three-month process it was the biggest part of the budget you were asking before about the design of like the like how like they were yeah, made and stuff like that. Yeah, because it doesn't
1: look just like makeup. It looks like a full yeah. body suit yeah, or something. Yeah, you're
0: exactly right. So they, they had to do a uh, like a sculpt of their bodies mm-hmm. and they apparently looked for very, very skinny people. Okay. <laughs> because they needed to sort of build on them, right, for right. them to be zombies. So the actor's playing these three... We've got three main zombies, right? Mm. These three kids. One of them is the, the girl that we mentioned before, Sally Middleton. She's, like, the little zombie. Mm -hmm. Then the other two were dancers, Mm. like, very, I guess, adults, but, like, small kind of dancers. Mm. Yeah, they took body casts of them. Their entire torsos were encased in latex. Mm. So, that's all, like, a sculpt. But then the arms were not sculpted, so they could have more movement. Right. And then they were sort of painted with makeup. So, we've got both makeup and this, like, latex element to it as well. But it, it looks fucking amazing. And then just to, as a weird non-effects note, so all the noises that the zombies make, you oh, know, yeah. which are quite upsetting as well, yeah, yeah, yeah. they're made by the director and Bill Corso, the effects guy. They did all the sounds <laughs> yeah, right. of the zombies. Just themselves
1: just in a microphone. Just going, <laughs> yeah, right, right, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> so Ali is watching these zombies chowing down on the corpses. Then she trips on some glass, making a noise. The zombies look up, they run after her, and she zooms out of the room, running down the hallway, and we hear the sound of something, like, running through the air vent. Oh, yes, like, all, well. like, aliens. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, um, yeah, then she looks, like, around the corner.
1: Mm, this, how, is uh, yeah, this is fucked. This is so disturbing. How, how
0: disturbing is oh!
1: it? And she looks at the corner, and we get this shot of a doll, kind mm. of, like, peeking around the corner, and it's the doll that was one of the items that the the corpse had, that the coroner spoke Mm. about in the initial, like, viewing scene. And it's, it's like, it's not like a Raggedy Ann doll, but it's like, it's like an old, gross fucking doll. Bloody, bloody doll, yeah. And we see this doll, like, peek around the corner, and that's enough to make you say, like, fuck this. But then, but then after that, the kid pokes his head around the corner, and again, it's this really... Really fucked up, disturbing, rotten, dead kid. Mm. Poking around the corner and, like, playing with the character. It's, it's it's nightmare fuel. Oh, God. So fucked up. But luckily,
0: Jersey appears and shoots the zombie in the head. In the fucking head. But that's not enough to kill these zombies.
1: These are not regular yeah, zombies. these are not regular these zombies. These are Chinese zombies. These are Chinese zombies, <laughs> <laughs> which there's different rules. <laughs> <laughs> so they
0: go... Threw into this this room where everyone's sort of hunkered down. So mm. in this room we've got Jersey, mm. we got Shep, mm. the the coroner, we got the young cop Mullen, and we've got that previously dead woman. Yeah. Is that is that what we can call with the, pre- the with the-, the newly acquired neck
1: wound? Yeah.
0: <laughs> so this is Dana, played by Denise Young, who yeah, the woman who who tried to kill herself, but was actually alive mm. the whole time i have a so question that, about industry, Shep.
1: Yeah. um ship the rat tail man mm. so he has a wound on his leg do we ever find out how no, he got that i guess that was just in
0: whatever chaos we because we missed the whole like mm. what, what went down right which yeah. i, I kind of like like it's like you just see this sort of chaos afterwards or mm. well, the yeah the aftermath basically just one one small thing on this scene as well so i mentioned before that Ed Nelson and Deborah Rose did not get along well because of their differences in acting style. So, apparently, for this particular scene where they're like bunkered down in this room, for some reason, Deborah Rose had some trouble like preparing for this scene. Right. And it caused like a three hour delay for shooting. And Norman Fell, like the guy playing Shep, as I mentioned, he was in the middle of a divorce Mm. and he had to get on a on a plane, like uh, by a certain time to, go to court i guess oh <laughs> was divorce. so apparently ed nelson was just like fucking losing it. it's like get the fuck out of your trailer do this scene like
1: all this kind of kind of stuff dude I, yeah it, i can imagine know, how
0: frustrating that yeah. would be it would be extremely frustrating yeah but oh. when i watch watched this again having that information i was just like thinking about
1: that the whole time i think it maybe it adds to the tension of this scene perhaps perhaps <laughs> so yeah they've kind of locked themselves in a room and they hold up it's kind of like their safe room mm. if you will and for me, at least, uh, really reminded me of uh, when I used to play like the old Resident Evil games on PlayStation 1, because there's always like the safe room and you always go back to the <laughs> safe room and it's like the kind of the calm music plays and, you know, the zombies can't get in for the yeah. most part. And everyone kind of you, you get this like this air of ease, the sense of ease that kind of washes over everyone and everyone is just kind of calm and relaxed now and i really mm. like this scene after all the chaos and mm. and brain eating and kids shooting that we had just come from <laughs> there was some kids shooting. <laughs> and they go through the evidence locker Mm. and kind of arm up essentially yeah yeah so they find this um this machine gun which yeah. looks like very yeah. handmade <laughs> some kind of outrageous yeah, yeah. machine gun some pipe bomb yeah the
0: pipe bomb which will be important yeah. later on as it's well. like
1: the classic like arm up we're gonna fight these fucking zombies <laughs> yeah. here, which was great i really started like routine for all the characters here and then we hear and plots mm. come down so she's managed to find herself another key yeah she's got a got the spare key yeah so know. she comes down the elevator the others hear her like roaming the corridors calling for floopsums or whatever the dog's yeah. name is and they're like fuck if we can hear her she can hear us <laughs> and so they kind of uh go on this little kind of um mission to try and get her into the safe room. I love this moment though, where she goes into the hallway looking mm.
0: for a dog and she hears a sound and looks down and sees one of the kid zombies mm. sitting in a chair at the end of the hallway with, with its back to her yeah. fake crying. And it's just, Oh, it's so fucked. Like we see the zombie from the front and it's like smiling with this like gross, like mouth, like blackened kind of mouth. And it also made me think of watching the scene of how cold these kids must have been. The director talked about oh, this a, yeah, a, a lot. Yeah, that's a point. Yeah. But Phyllis Diller also talked about it in, in her interview. She was like, these, these zombies, they were basically nude. Mm. Like they had latex and then they were like nude, mm. essentially, with makeup on top. So they were freezing cold. Mm. And apparently this scene, um, the kid was like incredibly, incredibly, incredibly cold and really struggled to get through the scene I think you can see it watching him he's kind of like shaking oh, which what?
1: adds to like yeah. the scene but yeah it must have been awful to I shoot this I can only scene. imagine yeah. yeah so Poob and Plot starts approaching the kid mm. and then one like drops down from the ceiling yeah yeah and the dog uh, starts barking at it and it's almost like one of the kids wants to play with the dog mm. it doesn't kind of start to attack it it's almost like as a kid would yeah, want to yeah. play with this dog but the Dog's going fucking nuts barking at this dead kid. Mm. And uh, anyway, young cop, I forgot his name. Mullen. Mullen jumps out shoots everything except for the kid because yeah. it's a terrible shot with this fucking <laughs> handmade machine gun. And then he chases one down,
0: yeah. like, the corridor, right? Yeah, he, he runs off one way and Dana, the girl who tried to kill herself, she goes with him because he's got the gun mm. and the others go the other way. Wasn't quite sure why they split up, but anyway, let's let's not spend any more time on that. <laughs> um, and then Pubenplatz has gone off into another room where there's another zombie in there.
1: And... She tips a shelf yeah. onto the the zombie. And- I'm gonna say Plots is really relaxed around yeah, all these she's like, kids, it's right?
0: Fucking zombies!
1: <laughs> yeah. Like she doesn't really seem phased at all. Yeah. Like even when one like jumps down from the ceiling, she's like, oh, yeah. Like, there's like not really much of a reaction. <laughs> it's, it's great. <laughs> but yeah, as you said, yeah, she tips the shelf onto one of these kids. Smoke mm. starts yeah. engulfing it. I think it. it's like it's meant to be like chemicals. Or That's something what I thought. It. Yeah. yeah.
0: Apparently, as you say, like, there's smoke. So they had, like, smoke machines. Apparently, the zombie actress in this, one of the dancers, burnt her leg, Ooh. like, quite horribly Ooh. on, like, the, yeah, the smoke line, whatever it was, okay. right? Bummer. Not be uh, a pleasant experience, like, no. in all that makeup with a horrible burn. <laughs> uh, not for me. No, thank you. But- so Jersey and the others, they enter to try and help Uh One of the zombies goes over to the elevator and is, like, trying to, like turn the key and stuff yeah gets inside the elevator but then mullen the young cop comes in puts the gun into the elevator and blasts the fucking shit out of (laughs) out of this zombie and then back to poop and she gets grabbed by the zombie who is like melting under those those chemicals and it starts, like, pulling this, this off... The seamless Yeah, it's this, fucking this crazy. It's so gross. It's, like, pulling off parts of its scalp. It's, like, yeah. flesh on its scalp. And it's shoving it into <laughs> Platz's mouth. And she's all just, like,
1: vomiting. And, like, it's so gross. It's, like, green gooey shit. She's, yeah. Like, feeding her bits of its brain. Oh,
0: yeah. It's so gross. Apparently, she absolutely hated filming this scene. She said it was disgusting to film. Well, it is. It is gross as fuck. But yeah, the zombie melts to nothingness, basically. It's Mm. just like this melty mess. (laughs) And then the The one in the elevator that got shut up, it comes out, but it's like dying, right? Mm. And it it falls falls apart, like falls down. The elevator
1: is in a bit of a state. Yeah, that's
0: been smashed to smithereens.
1: And... Covered in now goo. Yeah. Goop okay. all over the second, place. Probably, I think it's the second mention of this on our podcast, but it looks like one of the Nickelodeon <laughs> slime <laughs> yeah. shows. It's been slimed a bit. <laughs> it is Nickelodeon slime. slime. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Poopin' Platts,
0: she's a mess. Uh, she's taken into the morgue by uh, Jersey Alley and Shep. Well, meanwhile, Mullen and Dana, they're in the slime-covered lift, right? Yeah. So... Jersey, they can, like, call out to each other. They're in different rooms, but they can communicate through the vents. Yeah. Basically. And Mullen is going to try and climb through the top of the elevator to get into some kind of escape hatch, I think. Uh, Mm -hmm. So he goes up through the elevator roof to try and get into this hatch or whatever it is. And he's, like, yeah, calls out for Dana to help, who's still waiting outside. And she has to walk through... That gross green uh, slime.
1: And she like, barefoot.
0: Mm. And they, they only did that take once, apparently, because she was so grossed out by walking through it. Uh,
1: I do love it, because as she kind of, like, walks onto the slime, she presses her foot down, but you see her yeah. foot kind of, like, slide <laughs> yeah, across yeah. Oh. the floor.
0: So <laughs> gross. Uh, also, my favourite bit of trivia from this, so all of that, like, blood and vomit mm. and slime and stuff, because it was so cold in this hospital it froze so when they cleaned it up they could pick it up in one piece and be like one fraction
1: piece oh easy cleanup
0: (laughs) yeah so they both mullen and dana they're up on this elevator roof they have a little romantic moment where he talks about why she tried to kill herself and again it's like fucking hell what is this film It reminded me of, you know, the scene in Gremlins where Phoebe Cates is talking about her dad dying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like, fucking hell. It's it's that kind of level of darkness, right? Where she's talking about her, like, this trauma that she felt and everything coming, crashing down and making this stupid mistake. And,
1: yeah. But I love his reasoning. He's just like, oh, you shouldn't kill yourself. You got everything going for you. You're, You're pretty? You're pretty. And that's all he has to say, because he only just fucking met her. Oh, mate. What a fool. So dumb. Yeah.
0: <laughs> it's really dumb. It's so, oh, nice. so the two of them, they try to get up into this shaft thing. And they look down and the child zombie is down there.
1: Is this the up on same them. one that got blasted by the machine gun? No, that, that one's dead. This okay. is the- There's only
0: one zombie remaining. This is the Sally Middleton little girl zombie. So, so the there was one three. There's one three. got
1: melted, one got machine gun, yeah. and there's one left. This is the last right.
0: one, yeah. They freak out. They rip open a grate and go yeah. through into the air vent. They're going through the, this air vent, crawling through Jersey and the rest of them, they can hear them as they're coming through and sort of like encouraging them to come through. heading towards the safe through. room, right? Yeah, going back to the safe room. Love it. They get into the room and the zombie comes out trying to grab at them
1: and Jersey just blasts it with a fire extinguisher, so- <laughs> which I do wonder, was that a child getting blasted with no, a fire No, because I'll tell you what, this was the was only time- No, no, it looked like a, a full-sized human- well, probably one of the um, you say the, the athletes or the dancers the dancers yeah. yeah yeah because this was the only time in the entire film where I thought oh so these are like full grown people because mm. there is a, a considerable size difference or at least that's how it looked in this one scene um, so I think this was one of the dancers yeah it'd be pretty sad to blast a little yeah you don't blast a little right. Sally, little little Sally. Sally. She's, Sally. Doing, she's
0: doing a good job come on leave her alone but yeah they blast <laughs> little Sally <laughs> and then they uh, they push a like a locker in front of the vent and then back to being safe again. They're in that lovely Love it. safe from. They should just stay in there. So then they, they move into like the back area of, you know, with all the torn up dead bodies, they kind of come to this realization. Like, oh, the only way we can kill them is through the heart.
1: How did they get to that realization? Don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I think they're oh, just like, I think it's because he said like he shot him in the head and that
0: didn't that do didn't anything. Work, so. But- i blast them with this machine gun i guess i got him in the heart yeah (laughs) but yeah they've worked it out it's fine um and then the elevator door opens marty the delivery guy the delivery guy he's there fucking pretending to be a ghost he has no idea what's going on (laughs) and he he never does i found that so funny watching this because they don't think like to explain like enough of the the pranks we've got a zombie an actual zombie problem they just sort of allow this to happen he's making all these goofs and gags (laughs) and then shows the body that he's taken in and it's chen
1: oh yeah
0: yeah that was chen which is not really super important because he doesn't do anything but it's chen's dead body which marty finds hilarious (laughs) this man (laughs) has killed himself but then out oh, of nowhere. Oh my god. Poopin' Platz, who has been yes. fed the flesh of a zombie, has transformed. Mega
1: Poopin' Plotts. <laughs> Can you describe what she looks like? I mean, it's like, I-, I could only ever describe it as a mix between some sort of like, Beetlejuice yes. puppet, and the mother at the end of Braindead. Peter yeah, Jackson's yeah, Braindead. Dead. Yeah. It's like this monstrous thing of huge proportions... (laughs) Stomping around with like... Fucking big demon tits... (laughs) And like massive (laughs) shoulder blades... Big old bug eyes, but like yeah. a tiny little nose and mouth. Elongated arms, just like smashing shit yeah. and
0: bonking people on the head. This is why I thought it must have been two different effects, crews, or two people making this, because this effect is so far removed from the zombies. Like it's oh, a cartoon.
1: I loved uh, this. It's
0: great so much. I loved it as much as the other effects, but it's totally different. It's like yeah. totally so different, but it's great. Poopin Platz, the Poopin Platz monster. And another monster we'll meet later on. Uh, they're played by a local who was a minister. What? Yeah. <laughs> who was just into theater. <laughs> and uh, yeah, his name is Michael Horn. He was a very, very tall man. But he's also on stilts as right. well to, to play the, this character.
1: Wow. So this is, there's an actual person in this? Yeah, oh, yeah. I just thought it was a puppet. So it's, a,
0: it's a guy on stilts okay. like, controlling it. Brilliant. But as you said, mega pooping plats just bonking people left, right, and center. So, Marty, this is, like, <laughs> yeah. his first experience with a zombie. Instantly gets, like, killed straight away. He, like, she, like, smacks him. He flies across the room and is just dead yeah, on the that. spot. Poor old fucking uh, Jersey gets, like, smashed through a fucking window. But he, he lives through that. And then Shep gets gonked got, on he the head. Bonked. bonked. Yeah. bonked. Bonked two bits on the head. And in this process, uh, Poop and Platts is like... He, she's still got that Phyllis Diller laugh. Yeah. I love that. Like, they sort of mm. cut in that that laugh. <laughs> and in the chaos, she, she knocks over a fuse box. So there's all, like, sparks going around. It's total chaos. Dana is trying to escape. Poop and starts to attack her, but Dana grabs the fuse box And shoves it into the the monster, electrocuting it. Yeah.
1: And that's it. Too soon. Too soon. Dude. Poop and Plots.
0: R.I.P. Poop and Plots. As
1: soon as Mega Poop and Plots came, I was like, oh, fuck, here we go, (laughs) lads. I was ready for a full-on showdown. I wanted Poop and Plots just to smash shit for days. Mm. But she came and went so fast. Yeah. And it's such a shame because it's it's such a a fantastic puppet. Apparently, because they basically
0: shot this in order. Right. And they were kind of running out of time mm. at this point. And they, yeah, the director said he felt like he didn't really have the time to shoot the monster in all its, like, glory. Right. Because you, you see it in bits, but, like, its feet are, like, fucking amazing. It's got these big, demented yeah. feet. But you only really see it for, like, one or two shots. I so. love way
1: all, like, her clothes are all shredded. You have her yeah. fucking, like, sagging tits, like, hanging <laughs> yeah. out from the bottom. Um, <laughs> shoulder blades, like, elongated out. Oh, man. It so looks good.
0: incredible. Really great. And then Floofsums. Floofsums still kicking about. Mm. We see Floofsums eating some gross-looking zombie goop you know, and some hair and runs off. So, like, oh, boy. Oh, boy. <laughs> we'll finally get the promise of the, the DVD front cover of a zombie dog. So, Jersey wakes up now after being smashed through the window by the Poop and Platz monster. He's laid out on a stretcher. He has kind of a moment with, with Ali where she's telling some of her backstory. Apparently, this scene was, like, cut really short. Hmm. So, apparently, she had, a like, a monologue, essentially, like, to fill in the gaps that oh, were kind okay. of missing in the story. But the executive producer of the the film was like, nah, we got to cut it out for time. And right. the director, like, is still obviously, like, quite annoyed about that because he feels it sort of hmm. helps it make a lot more sense anyway, it's not in the film. But they, ha- you can sort of see a moment of it where she's starting to tell her story. But then they're interrupted by Jersey, like, coughing up blood. <laughs> I was so sure he was going to die at this point because he's, like, coughing up blood. I thought he was already mess. dead. I thought pooping plots killed him. But then he's fine.
1: Nah, he's fine, yeah.
0: Yeah, so he's fine. So then, bang, we cut into- a very baffling cut to Mullen, the young cop driving a forklift—the the one that carries the dead bodies. Yeah, the one that carries the corpses. But we haven't really seen it until now. Basically, no, it's I been th- in the background. Th- I thought it was I guess. like
1: it, it almost like reminded me of like Alien Two, where Ripley comes out with that big yellow. Yeah, yeah <laughs> it's kind of like that.
0: He's got all these like torches like yeah. taped onto it. Yeah, he smashes the forklift through a window. The zombie kid appears yet again. Mullen drives into the, the zombie kid and skewers it on the, the forklift. So, all the zombies are are dead. Nice, no worries. Nice wrapped up Finished. All done. Roll credits. Or is it?
1: Or is it? So, of
0: course, we've got to see the zombie... <laughs> zombie poodle. <laughs> <The Simpsons. laughs> Who would have thought that this film about dead kids would end? <laughs> Yeah. With a zombie poodle, yeah. played by that same minister that I mentioned before, he plays both Poop and Platts, and the, yeah, the he's poodle. going to hell. You- <laughs> <laughs> oh man! And I love this is probably my favourite moment of the film. Mm. So Flusum bursts into the room, mm. and I mean, how would you describe this? Is <laughs> is a,
1: a fucking six foot poodle? <laughs> giant fucking poodle. It's still got the bow on its head and everything. I don't know how how could you describe it. He's a, he's it's a it's ridiculous poodle zombie. Yeah, it's, it's it's truly absurd. But
0: I love this moment though because like when the dog bursts in, Dana laughs when she sees. The oh dog. really? Yeah, she just bursts out laughing, and I was like, that is. Such a fucking great touch to have a character laugh because it is something that you should laugh at. It's so ridiculous. But yeah, yeah. that that was a, a choice from the director because he's like, this puppet or this monster looks so ridiculous. Someone has to laugh at it. We've we've yeah. got to have someone laugh. But yeah, they they try to escape. They're going up like this shaft, like some kind I don't of know like the fuck that was. A, it it's like, like a, a chim- chimney. or yeah, something. Yeah, it is kind of like a chimney sort of thing. And then the, the dog monster bursts through a door, trying to get through into where they are. And this is quite a sad moment. So that- You know how it's, like, smashing this door open? Yeah. The poodle had these, like, really intricate mechanical hands mm. that were, like, would- Would have moved and mm. seen. <laughs> but the first thing they shot with it was it smashing through this door and they destroyed the hands. Oh, no. <laughs> so after that, the hands are just <laughs> these floppy mess. <laughs>
1: oh no but
0: yeah they're climbing up this ladder leading up to the roof um they've got that rabbit foot lighter again lighting things up uh it gets dropped at one point ellie picks it up Uh, she's lost she gets stuck because the space is too small she's a larger lady she can't get through jersey reaches the top of the roof they go up onto the the roof with the with what's his name mullen Mm. and dana are up there there's a very chaotic scene so i'm not quite sure what happened but i guess a pipe a gas pipe is burst by the dog right that's like letting oh yeah gas that does happen in yeah, there yeah. yeah so so gas is like spilling into the the room ali finally manages to, to get through that space but floofsomes the giant poodle is still chasing after he grabs at her bandages yeah she's like wrapped up from all these yeah. these wounds and she lights the bandage on fire which <laughs> Those bandages come in handy quite I a know, lot, right? Minutes. and that blows like it goes down and blows up, uh Flufsums because of this gas leak, mm. and this huge like fireball comes out from from the roof, and somehow Ali survives. She's, this. Fine. <laughs>
1: she's fine. She's got yeah. a little bit like a black smudge on her cheek, but yeah. she's like,
0: no, I'm cool. She's all right. So she she relaxes for a moment. We think think it's all over, but no, of course not. Fucking floofsums. it it's going to take Back. more than that to kill, kill a giant poodle. <laughs> so <laughs> she she crawls through a vent again. There's another random vent there. She falls through the roof. <laughs> oh, Christ. Yeah, she died, and she? And she? she falls into the, the evidence room and finds that pipe bomb oh, that we yeah. saw before. She runs out. flu Sim's still chasing her. She tries to get the front door open, can't get through. She puts the pipe bomb onto the drawer, sort of planning to, like, Set it on fire to blow up the door. She uses the bandage to wrap the pipe. Bomb Mate, the those bandages Man, We gotta get get ourselves some bandages. No, right? And then she she attaches a fuse to the pipe bomb and lights it. But then fucking flusums appears, knocks the pipe bomb
1: out of her hand, knocks Allie out of the way. I don't remember this scene at all. Oh god, were you in a, like, I was were in, you in such a, fever, a delirium. So yeah. I feel like I'm watching the film for the first time again. <laughs> but she
0: picks up the, the pipe bomb. <laughs> And we know, what does Floosome <gasps> love to do?
1: Catch Play fetch! Fi- yes! Catch fetch! Back! <laughs> oh my god!
0: So she she throws the pipe bomb at Floosome's. Is the pipe bomb a light? Yeah, she's got it, because she was going to blow up the door to get out. And she throws it, Flusum catches it in his mouth, slight pause, then
1: huge, huge
0: yeah. fucking explosion. The whole of the front door explodes. <laughs> But Ali crawls out. She's fine. She's fine. Something about this explosion yeah. that is fucking nuts. So this explosion was way, 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 way bigger than they had planned. Oh, really? So because it was taking too long to set up, it was like, I don't know how it worked exactly, but it was building up too much and basically became this gigantic gigantic explosion. Wow. And the DP was planning to be right next to the door to shoot shoot the scene because they're like, oh, it's only going to be a small thing. But the producer was like, no fucking way, like, get Mm. back just in case. And thank God he did that because that DP would be Fucking dead as a doornail, um, but yeah, like thankfully <laughs> no one got hurt. But the fire like went through into the building, mm. into their office that they had set up, set uh like destroyed all their computers that they oh had. Oh my god! And the fire department had to come to put out the fire so they could keep filming because they were on like a tight schedule. Oh, so they're like, come on, no. quick, put out this fire so we can keep going. <laughs> Holy <laughs> shit! Fucking nuts. But anyway, Ali was fine. She escaped She's that. Fine. She escaped that giant explosion. And she's reunited with Jersey, Mullen, and Dana. They all survived this film, hey. which is quite nice. She gives back that rabbit foot lighter to old mate Mullen, hmm. have a little laugh, bang and tune, kicks in, and that's it. Hey. Apparently, this was not meant to be the ending. They actually shot- oh, really? Which I'm glad this is the ending, because their original ending sounds pretty dumb, they were going to have- um They shot a wedding scene. What? So, Mullen and Dana were going to get married. And ah. appara- apparently, the actress playing Dana was kind of pissed off because it was the one scene that she looked good. Because <laughs> in
1: all the other right. scenes, all dirty and gross. Oh, so, th- so, they actually shot it.
0: Yeah. So, they shot them getting married. And then, they were going to shoot a scene of um Allie, who's, like, kind of recovered from her trauma. Mm. And she was going to be, like, thinner and, like, healthier looking, right? Right. But- I think they ran out of time and plus they said it was kinda of difficult to change Ellie to like make yeah, her look yeah, different yeah. enough for it to have an impact. Yeah, so they yeah. they kinda of gave up on that in the end. Oh I'm glad.
1: But I'm, that, I'm glad yeah, that, I'm, glad I'm glad it would have been yeah. That would have
0: been sl- shit. Yeah, it would've been silly. It's it's totally fine the way it ends. Yeah. Yeah. So that's it. That's fucking, the
1: fucking round of applause <laughs> for a boneyard. Holy shit.
0: Yeah. I I fuck love mm. this film so much. It was such a surprise because it's not a particularly well-reviewed film. I-, I had never heard of it. Yeah, it's not. It's not that well-known, and a lot of the reviews on like Letterbox. I know we always drag Letter Letterbox through the calls, <laughs> but like a lot of them are like, "Oh, this film's so fucking boring." And I'm like, "What? What? Boring? Who the fuck is saying that?" And I guess maybe because it's like the it has a build-up. It takes its time to establish. The characters and this sort of bleakness to it oh. but yeah like almost all the reviews like this film sucks
1: except the effects I'm mean, like I completely no, no, disagree no, no, with no, that no, no. whoever said that is a fucking moron this film is amazing <laughs> this film is incredible <laughs> yeah. this is I mean oh, we've spoken a lot about the plot holes throughout Entire movie. This film is full of plot holes, but it is so fucking good. This is a this is a five star film. I mean, granted, I watched it with a massive (laughs) fever. (laughs) You you forgot the whole ending with the dog getting blown up. (laughs) I did. I I watched it twice. Once with um with a with almost a thirty nine degree fever, and then coming down off the end of that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, So (laughs) both are quite hazy, hazy. Yeah, yeah. But. Both. I thought this film is incredible. Yeah. I
0: love it so much. It
1: really is. And uh, I
0: loved it. I just like the artistry of the effects are phenomenal. I love that it goes to very dark places. Mm. And I love that it it has a lot of very unexpected touches to it. Like mm. like the Ali character, for example, is like not what you would expect to see. No. In, in a film of this vintage, of, of this genre. Yeah. And then- on top of that, having these great like extra elements like poop and plus poop and
1: plus, what oh, a man. great character! Phenomenal. She is. That's oh. what that's what I was saying. Like she brings the I guess the comedy factor to it. Mm-hmm. Um, so you got the comedy fact. You got enough laughs with her. The special effects are a ten. Mm-hmm. They're they're a ten. Like it's gross as fuck. Mm-hmm. But then also you got the puppetry and the monsters at the end with a mega mega and plots yeah. and the poodle to for it to really appeal to the special effects crowd. You got the enough laughs for the b the the bee horror mm. style people and the story on its own is good enough. Yeah, it's a really you good You have story. enough, like I said I mean I know, I don't I, didn't, I never even felt it was a slow build. No, no. It's 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 yeah, a good it's story. It's kind of, it's of, kind its of its straight own. into it actually.
0: Yeah. Like from the get go, you're like boom, into this no time wasted. No. Straight in. And I, I really love the kind of yeah, the, the the Chinese like curse kind of aspect is really cool. Mm. And yeah, it's a really unique bit it of really horror. It really is. Yeah. I'll tell
1: you what, I and I put this in my notes. If I Knew about this film as a teenager. Oh, yeah. this would have been my favorite movie. Oh, totally, a hundred percent, absolutely, yeah. And it's it's insane that it's not no. better
0: known. Madness. Know? Yeah. What the fuck?
1: Great movie. I oh I want to watch this again in, when I'm in not, a state. Yeah, when, yeah. I'm, when I don't have a fucking fever. <laughs> yeah. um, but. As far as with a fever, yeah. this is my new favourite movie. <laughs> but you watch it again, you're like, oh, this is, this is shit. <laughs> you watch it without a fever. You need the fever to go on it. a a letterboxy. Yeah. It was all fucking shit apart from the last five minutes. Boring. <laughs> fucking slow burn. The, I think the hard part with this is
0: the, the wrongometer. So, the reason I chose this mm. was because of the fucked up zombies. So... Sure. For how good this film is, for me, this is a 10 because I fucking love this film. But Wrong ometer is how wrong the film is, how much it shouldn't exist, how weird it is, how disturbing it is. And I genuinely, the first time I watched this, it really unsettled me. Mm. Those zombies are the most fucked up zombies I've ever seen. I can't think of anything that has gotten under my skin as much as those like kid zombies Mm. in yeah, like, in terms of, like, effects sort of stuff. Mm. So, for that, I, I'm just for that alone. And, oh, actually, that and also the tonal madness of this, like, where this goes with that yeah. giant poodle. I'm not going to go too high, but I think I'm going to go for a six. Mm. Yeah. How, how about you for the wrong ometer?
1: I, I was uh, varying between six and seven. I think the same as you. Uh, kids. I mean, dead kids. Yeah, dead kids. You can't be putting. Maybe that's why you this is not be a hit. Like you know, pussy footing around dead kids. That's yeah. a that's a heavy subject. Yeah. That's wrong. But yeah. just the fact that the dead kids come to life and they feed, poop and plots their brains. Yeah. That's <laughs> fucked. So that that's fucked enough on its own. And they created this fantastic mythology around mm. the dead kids, which I loved. So that that is enough. It, it is fucked. But the puppetry. Mm. at the end the mm. the big old monsters the are the cherry on top uh, for me gives it an extra point i'm gonna give it a seven mm. yeah nice. loved it loved it fantastic movie
0: nice nice nice
1: so how about next time
0: what are we talking about
1: next time? oh no <laughs> oh. Oh, i
0: don't like that i don't like that look
1: <abide> next time dave oh no brace yourself oh no 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 you, no, 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 no brace yourself Hang in on. a good way I can't say it's a good way. Oh. We have somewhat of a sequel. Mm. Mm. Okay. Next time we will be doing... And I, I really struggled with myself whether to do this or not. Oh, no. Yeah. But I felt, I've got to do it. I've got to do it. Yeah. Because we've already spoken about it previously. Okay. Next time we will be doing... Inu to Obasan. <gasps> oh! oh, yes.
0: Oh, my God. I'm A.K.A.
1: So... <laughs> dog and Aunt. <clears throat> A.K.A. Dog and Grandma. <clears throat> If you don't know what this is, which I can only assume most people don't, (gasps) go back and listen to our Name Means Yes episode where we talk about Inu to Obasan in the opening part. Oh my god, this is the most (laughs) exciting ending to a podcast
0: ever. (laughs) Fucking hell. Yeah, so... You have to listen to name Means Yes" before next next time. If you Definitely. want to justify Dave's massive reaction, oh my! I can't believe that this this is like a a year and a half build up to this, right? Moment. Oh my god! Oh, I'm so fucking excited, and also very upset. <laughs> oh wow! Well, with uh, that excitement out of the way, yes, <laughs> uh, yeah. Please follow us on Twitter. At SMSW Podcast, please send us an email. You don't have to. But if you've got something to say, please send us an email (laughs) at showbysomingrog at gmail.com. And please leave a review on all of the things that you listen to this on. On Spotify, on Apple Podcasts. Do that. It's very helpful for us. I think. I don't know.